Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. It is Leslie Page. Leslie is an incredible vocal force with a unique life experiences that resonate in the timbre of her rich and sultry sound. Her career as a vocalist has spanned over 20 years. Leslie met Grammy-nominated songwriter and pianist Lou Pardini uh, from the band Chicago, and they soon began writing and working together, and that opened the door for her to sing as a background vocalist for the legendary guitar player Joe Walsh from the Eagles, and that was in 2012. And since then, with Joe, she's shared the stage with an ongoing list of world-class artists, including Ringo Starr, Paul Rogers, Keith Urban, Vince Gill, Billy Gibbons, Rick Springfield, and many more. Her vocals have been featured on numerous studio recordings and album projects. In July 2019, Leslie released her first jazz album, Heart Songs, and she has been described as a prose pro, having one of the finest and most adaptable voices you'll ever hear, and has been dubbed by producers as the one-take wonder. So let me bring on Leslie... Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's a great introduction. It's Oh my great. gosh. <laughs> you are somebody to be worked with. I love it. <laughs> Probably. Hearing that, I mean, it's all true, but hearing it spoken out like that is like, wow, I actually have done quite a bit. You're like, I, I am kind stuff. of a big deal. <laughs> is, I, I, that's a lot to be proud of. <laughs> it is. It really is. And you know what? We don't, we don't acknowledge ourselves enough for, you know, the hard work that we've put in throughout the years. And, and we really, we need to do that. There's no Absolutely. shame in it whatsoever. Absolutely. I was actually taught that it was not okay to do that. So right. even just, you know, saying, wow, I did a good job, like sometimes feels awkward or receiving compliments feels uncomfortable at times, but we have to just take it and put it in the right place, yeah. <laughs> which is in the motivation bucket to keep going, you know? Yeah. I know. I, I I was taught the same thing. And I think the word humble is what was thrown yes. around a lot. But um, I don't think being humble means squashing your accomplishments. I think totally. I think it's uh it's strong and it's inspiring to, you know, um acknowledge yourself, you know, and I think it helps the people, uh, you know, others around us too to to do the same and yeah. lift up everybody's esteem. Yeah, to give yeah. ourselves permission. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Awesome. It's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's great to meet you virtually. You and I haven't had the opportunity to meet in person, but I'm definitely familiar with your work. I follow you on social media and I see all the awesome things you're doing. So I'm super excited to talk to you. And oh, thank you. let's kick things off by talking about what, how um, 2022 went for you. We're, we're well underway into 2023, but um, what have some of the highlights been and what are you into now? Oh my goodness. Well, oh gosh, so many things happened in 2022. Um, less in career and more just in life, but I mean, it all yeah. sort of connects anyway. But, um, you know, I've been singing at my friend's restaurant. I live out in Palm Springs now. And um, so after COVID hit, 
we went from doing no singing to doing five nights of singing because they have so much open outdoor space. The, mm-hmm. Originally, I was just singing two nights and they only did dinner two nights and then they just opened it up. So um, I've just been sort of catching up on life there, um, doing a little bit of recording here and there. Um, I did a, an album project um, that I was brought on to uh, by a friend of mine, Larry Kester, and he was um, a part of this band called Positive Force. And they had a hit uh, record in the 80s that was released in Japan. Uh, but their singer wasn't available to do this project and they wanted to do a second album. So they asked me to do it. And we did that last year and it was just released in Japan. Uh, I think maybe a couple of months ago, but um, it's kind of funny to, I've never had anything (laughs) released in another place before, Um, but they did a record. um, You can actually buy the actual record, which is cool and then a CD and it's all music that they wrote and produced and I just lent my voice to it. But it was a fun project that I did kind of a little bit outside of my regular box. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just kind of been spanning out this year. I also spent a lot of time in Italy um, this last mm-hmm. year and um, uh, found a connection for a really great opera singer, which I had also never explored in my life before too. So that was kind of fun to, you know, just try different things and, I'm at a place in my life where um, I'm just ready to try new things and yeah. ready to push through those doors of fear that I've been sort of staring at all these years mm-hmm. and, um, you know, get over my insecurities, just get over the stuff that's holding me back and and just trying, you know, everybody tries, you know, whether you're, you're have talent or whether you maybe don't have so much talent, you know, like it doesn't really matter. Like it's not about what you have. It's about what you do. Yeah. with what you have. So that's kind of been my focus um, this last year yeah, um, and going into this new year, really. Yeah. Oh, I love that, Leslie. And I really think that is such a key to longevity and success in this business is just keeping a fresh mind, staying new, staying teachable, staying open. I mean, even if you've had a lot of accomplishments, I think that, you know, it's so easy for us to get a little like, I don't know, tired or jaded or just over it in, in some capacity. But when yeah. you kind of keep that openness that, um, you know, there's, there's still more out there, still more that you haven't explored. There's still a lot about you that you haven't even learned about. I think. That's, Absolutely. That's Absolutely. And also the collaborative side of things, you know, I was able to do more work with uh, my band uh, this year, which was great because mm-hmm. it, I have qu- a couple of people that I like to, you know, we play together, but we don't practice anything. We just sort of like, we're going to do this song and let's just see what happens and the spontaneity of it. And, um, you know, I think when we stretch ourselves, you know, we just got, cause I feel like for me, you know, when I do the same thing over and over and over every week and I'm thankful for the work, I'm thankful to, you know, have a job that's consistent and steady as a singer, but when it's the same thing and I'm not really working with other people, I, I, like you said, you can kind of get a little jaded or just a little uninspired. Mm -hmm. And so branching out, stretching out, listening to other music. I went to go see a really great concert. I don't ever get to go see concerts. And I finally started, you know, taking some time to feed myself and my musical desires so that I can continue to grow. And I, you know, it's been, it's been a really cool, cool experience. I mean, I left the concert like crying. Yeah. (laughs) I was just so inspired. It was a little tiny venue in LA called the Echo. And 
And I was literally like five feet from the singer, the artist. And I was just like, everybody, there was, you could, it, her name is Maro, M-A-R-O, Maro. Okay. Um, I discovered her. She'd actually just did the, um, uh, uh, the song contest, the European, what's the European song contest? that they do. Um, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Eurovision. Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, Eurovision. Part of the yeah. Eurovision, but I've been following her for a while. She, right out of Berkeley, she started playing with uh, Jacob Collier. So just really oh. interesting musically. And um, I literally left like weeping just because, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in yeah. the room, you know, going back to how music makes me feel, mm-hmm. you know, why I love to do what I do. You know, I think sometimes we have to go back and remind ourselves. Yeah, why we love this so much and why it feeds us and why when it feeds us, it feeds other people. And that's the whole point and the yeah. beauty of music, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I love that. I know that that's so true that I think as as vocalists, when you're, you know, really actively working, you spend so much time learning music for the job. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I mean, that that kind of consumes my playlist for the most part. And that's one of the things I absolutely loved about the COVID period was, I didn't have anything to learn really. There was so, you know, I didn't, there wasn't much of a need for it. So I, I had so much time to discover new music and get totally re-inspired, learn some totally different genres that I never knew I had any kind of interest in. And it really did. It did so much for me. It did. It really reignited something creatively inside of me. And and that was a great opportunity. And you're right. It's, it's something that we kind of have to keep feeding that part of our lives to stay inspired. What styles? I'm curious to know what things that you dug into that you hadn't in the past. Well, you know, my, um, my, my main gig is with the Mighty Untouchables band, which is like a corporate show band. So we're doing covers all the time, just yeah. your run of the mill kind of party pop classic tunes and and everything. So that is like my musical diet for the most part, because we have to learn so much music. Mm-hmm. Um, but during COVID, um, I'm so like, I don't know, my, I'm embarrassed by how technically inept I am, but I got into Spotify and I started discovering all of these Spotify playlists. And so um, these are artists that I had heard of, but just hadn't really given much attention to. I started listening to a ton of Alan Stone and Lake Street Dive. Um, Oh my gosh, so many others, but just those genres kind of started like spinning me into others. And, and, and that's, I love the beauty of like the algorithm on Spotify and how that totally. works <laughs> on other things, but yeah, yeah, it was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been doing that too, going to Italy a lot and experiencing, you know, I have some friends over there and, um, and a boyfriend over there, but, <laughs> um, it's really opened my eyes to like how really like small we are mm-hmm. compared to the whole world. The whole world has so much. I mean, the Greek music, the Albanian music, the like the traditional stuff. And then you hear it woven into our own pop music. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear you, even the in, Indian, you know, the um, like sort of Bollywood style, you know, those riff things that they do. I, it, it's just fascinating. This the vocal stylings are just insane. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that, but I would love to know how to do that. You know, it's mm-hmm. just the, the, it's just a diff, a totally different, it's so much fun to dig in 
Mm -hmm. to completely different things that we didn't even get a taste of. Yeah. You know, and I grew up listening to, you know, Whitney and Mariah and Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. And I thought, you know, that was the whole world. And yeah, they reached the whole world, but there was also a whole world of music doing their own thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't, it didn't hit worldwide for them, you know, but it's just, it's been so fascinating. Mm, Oh, that's such a good point. We are, like you said, we're so small. And I think I kind of, I got that sense too, when I was, you know, starting to dig into some other things too, because I'd hear something great and I'd be like, how many other people know about this artist? Like, (laughs) how, how, how is this not like mainstream? But when you really realize just how much music is out there just globally everywhere, we only in in mainstream commercial music, we were only hearing just the tip of the iceberg of what is yeah. out there. And there are just phenomenal artists across the world who, you know, don't, don't get that like, you know, mainstream type recognition, but are nonetheless, you know, phenomenal artists. And it is, yeah. it's great if you can kind of look beyond the like big box <laughs> music and, yeah. and expand your horizon. It's exciting. It's really exciting, you know? Yeah. 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 And the travel's got to be amazing too. I love that you, you're spending time in Italy because I just reread for like the umpteenth time, um, Eat, Pray, Love. Oh yeah. And every time I read it, I'm like, oh God, I go to Italy. I have to. Oh yeah. I'm actually going at the beginning of March. I'm going back to Italy again. So I love it there. I absolutely love it. I love traveling all together. Yeah. That's amazing. Work and travel. That's it. If I can just work and travel, that would be my... Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate. <laughs> ah, the life of a vocalist. You know, I, I was thinking I wanted to just, uh, take a step back to something you'd said, or we'd talked about earlier is, you know, you've, you've shared the stage with Joe Walsh, which I'm sure has put you in some mega performance spaces, huge stages, huge yeah. audiences. And that is, um, you know, an experience, uh, in, in itself, but at the same time, vocalists who are in that arena are, should and are inevitably involved in many, many different channels of the music world, recording at home, recording in studios, Mm -hmm. and then also doing much, much more intimate gigs. Um, And you said you were, you know, singing at a friend's restaurant. And I've watched your lives many times and have seen, you know, the things that you're doing there. It's just you, right? And you're working with tracks. Is that right? And yeah, because we have, it's small space. I mean, obviously, during COVID, when singers were allowed, you know, we would have had to have been spaced out, you know, 12 feet apart. And that was just unrealistic for a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's such a small, quiet, intimate vibe. Just vocal and tracks lends Mm -hmm. itself better to the space. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't satisfy the, (laughs) the singer as much. But, you know... Sometimes you get a room full of people that are absolutely loving it and appreciating you. And sometimes you get people that literally treat you like the background music and that's the gig, you know? Um, And that's when I said, like, I really love collaborating with other people because when you sing by yourself, Mm -hmm. basically to yourself (laughs) for four hours a night, five nights a week, it can Mm -hmm. get, you know, that's where the new music comes in to try to, make it more interesting. And, you know, there's only so many ways you can sing at last, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I mean, it's a great gig. I, I do a lot of stuff like that. Um, I do a lot of private events, weddings, 
uh, birthday parties, you know, mm-hmm. cocktail parties, you know, just wherever I'm invited to go, I go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's great. Just like staying, you know, putting eggs in many, many baskets. And it really kind of keeps you rediscovering like all the dimensions of your voice and what you're capable of and what you can do. And, and just again, like keeps that sense of newness for you and, and, you know, keeping your options open all the time. Yeah. Cause you never know. I mean, like yeah. that, that I, I met Lou, mm-hmm. um, Pardini, who was, he was in Chicago. He just left, left the band, I think last year, maybe a year and a half ago, but he was playing with them for a long time. And, um, I met him on a gig, mm-hmm. you know, I was singing at Mastro's in Newport beach, Crystal Cove, and he was just happened to be there. Wow. And, you know, it, you never know where these connections are going to come from. Right. You know, and, but you know, the thing that you said, is like, yeah, I've, I've had some insane large stage moments. And some really pathetic bar, <laughs> bar ball, brawl, fighting in the background yeah. gigs, <laughs> like you know, and it's all just just adds to your, you know, it adds to your uh, your your seasoning cabinet, so to speak, you know, it does. And makes you grateful for the big stuff and reminds you that okay, you know, just because I hit a big thing doesn't mean I'm going to keep hitting big things. That's just not how this industry works. But mm-hmm. as long as you're okay with that, because it's not about what you've accomplished, but that you're just continuing to live in your passion. Yeah. You know, obviously you want to have goals and dreams and things like that. Of course we all mm-hmm. do, you know? Yeah. yeah, I know those experiences, big and small, they're, they're all equally valuable in some way, you know, Um, there's so much that you can draw out of any experience, even if it's like, like you said, a night where people are throwing beer bottles and you you learn something, you take something from it. Oh, definitely. I, I, my biggest lesson in that was I was at Mastro's and everyone's in full on suits and glammed up and, you know, looking their best. And these guys are like, fighting like full-on decking each other in business suits and I just thought you know money doesn't create class like that was my biggest (laughs) lesson there it's like alcohol yeah just evens the playing field for for everybody it sure does just sit there and go wow okay we're just all humaning no matter where we go (laughs) yeah it's like I'm pretty sure he wasn't trying to steal your girlfriend but okay you keep fighting I'm just gonna keep singing over here do you have a request? You know, maybe try to like break it up. <laughs> I love it. Oh god, that's awesome. Well, um, let's let's take some steps back and go back to your roots and how you got started as a singer. Maybe uh, you know, did you come from a musical family or how how did you begin there? Would that yeah. led you down this road? Yeah, I mean, I definitely I've always I as for as long as I can remember I was singing. Um but my grandmother, she was a singer not professionally, but she did a lot of singing uh back in her teens and 20s. Um and even later on, you know, she joined a few clubs that had choirs and things, but mm-hmm. she was friends with Kay Ballard when they were teenagers. Um and uh you know, sang together, snuck out to go sing on the radio cuz it was, you know, her my great grandfather didn't think it was appropriate for young girls to be doing that. So mm. they'd sneak out to go sing live. And, um, and then growing up, uh, my two uncles were, uh, our one is still with us, um, both guitar players, one is passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one who's still alive, he, he and his whole side of the family have been very 
uh, heavily um, involved in worship, Christian music. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin um, actually was just nominated for a Grammy this year. Um, wow. Yeah. So we have some, you know, big names in, in the worship side of things. Um, his name's Phil Wickham. I don't know if anybody. Oh, for, yes, yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my cousin. My mom's my mom's maiden name is Wickham, so her mm-hmm. brother is, is uh, Phil's uh, dad. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, grew up singing in church. Um, started singing professionally. I mean, even younger. A girl, <laughs> my oldest best friend, her name's Tawny Dolly. She's a singer, and she you know works a, a lot around does more Broadway and theater kind of vibe than than where I went, we kind of ended up in different places, but we used to, um, I think it was in middle school, we made a cassette tape of karaoke tracks and mm-hmm. we actually got hired to sing at a couple of Christmas parties. <laughs> so we were <laughs> like with our little cassette tape <laughs> playing with our boombox radio, <laughs> our tracks, and she would sing a song, then I would sing a song, then we'd sing one together. And we l- had like a little business a little side hustle. And then we did some caroling. We had a caroling. Um, I think we were called the, the holidays. I can't remember what the D-A-Z-E. I can't remember what the name of our group was. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, you know, in high school, I kind of actually took a sidestep because I was always growing up as a dancer too. And so I kind of got into the whole swing phase. Then I started teaching for Arthur Murray Dance Studio out of high school. Hmm. Um, but then that was such a busy time that I missed singing. So I quit there, found another job at another studio that gave me more freedom and did a little bit of musical theater, found that that wasn't really reasonable for me because I couldn't really understand, you know, giving so many weeks and months of my time for like 500 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, community theater. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I mean, if it's your passion, I just found that I it wasn't passionate enough for me to mm-hmm. continue in that way. But was doing a lot of uh, demo sessions, uh, hired really early on to do a lot of demo stuff uh, for other songwriters, um, continued to sing in churches, uh, got a job with Holland America Cruise Line, mm. did that for seven months in the Mediterranean, and uh, got to wear the costumes and the wigs and go travel the world for a little bit. Um, and that was super fun. And uh, then once I came back, I started working for another church, and that's where I met um, an old friend, uh, and we started doing a duo together mm-hmm. and that's what, what we were doing at Mastro's. And then from there it kind of piggybacked and I was doing sessions and this and that, um, here and there, just kind of whatever came my way, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just happy that I didn't have to work at a beauty supply store, you know, during the day. And then, you know, it was like the big deal for me was not to have to do any other job other than singing. <laughs> Right. You know, like that's kind of the goal, I think, at the beginning for all of us when we're just like, we're full time singers. We don't have any other job, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just kind of bounced and bounced. And, you know, I just met people and would get referred for things and tried out for, of course, all the TV shows, American Idol, The Voice, X Factor. Didn't ever make it past the <laughs> third round of um, uh, producers. Mm-hmm. So I never actually made it to in front of the people. But I think at the time, I just didn't really want to do that. I kind of mm-hmm. felt funny about like winning a career. Yeah. <laughs> like there was something kind of like, <laughs> I think I'd rather just like earn it. <laughs> but I mean, hey, I understand why, you know, you got to get 
your face out there and your name out there. And, right. you know, it's not about winning. It's just about being seen. But yeah, for you know, sure. it's, it's kind of just been, you know, I just just going one day at a time and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, whatever it's, happens. <laughs> it's really cool to hear you lay out your journey because you can see the link between all of the things that have unfolded for you and they were just you out there doing it. And one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And that's just how it works, you know? Um, And and you're right. I mean, even, even addressing the, the TV show thing, American Idol, the voice and everything like that. um, The, the winning or the idea of the winning of a career is so, man, it's so ingrained in like our, our culture right now. We're just in, in, in just young culture that, um, that, that is the way to do yeah. this. Now I had a, a young singer over here. I, well, she's in her early twenties the other day and was expressing her frustration over, you know, the auditions that she's done and, sh- and saying like, well, I had friends who, you know, not to, you know, put them down in any way, but that I know aren't as good as voc- good a vocalist as me who, who have gotten through further and, and I have not had any success with it. And I just, I think it, I think singers now need to know like it, their TV shows. Yeah. It has, they're looking for zero a story. to do with your talent level. I mean, yes, you have to be talented. There's no question, yeah. but, but there's, yeah. th- there's a formula, there's a certain need there, but it doesn't make you any less of a vocalist. You're a phenomenal vocalist. So this is a very good example. Well, and it, it's the same really in everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I have friends that were like, oh my gosh, like I have this session that you would be perfect on, mm-hmm. but it's SAG and you're not SAG yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, just work on getting that SAG card. And then I get my SAG card and I get no work. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's of course, like it's not, it has nothing to do with your talent. It's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm to fit what they need for that particular thing. Yes. You know, and I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I have to continue to remind myself Mm -hmm. because there will be times where I'm like, gosh, like I would love to be doing more of this or more of that. And how come I'm not getting calls or how come I'm not, you know, how come this isn't happening? I just have to remember, well, that's not my job. That's not my gig. That was someone else's gig and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you find your spot, you're like golden. Awesome. Yeah. You know, but to just remember, like, you know, it's competitive, but we have to not have that competitive mindset towards one another mm-hmm. as singers, as artists, as peers. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, what I have found, like, I don't care about fame. I don't mm-hmm. care about being, you know, number one global. Like, what I care about is, like, the respect of my peers. Yes. You know, I care about showing up on time. I care about having a great environment, laughs, memories, like building relationships with with uh, people, other singers, finding common ground, finding blend, you know, like that's what it's all about, you yeah. know, and yeah. everyone who's just looking for, you know, the quick ticket to the top, well, it might be easy to get up there. And it's also really fast to come down too. you know, you got to mm-hmm. be careful who you're hanging out with and what people you're circling yourself with, you know, that are going to build the best out of you and not just look to take from you also. Right. 
Right. I know you're, you're, I think you are articulating the real meaning in, you know, building a very meaningful career. Um, it's, I think we all kind of start with that like vision of like, Oh, I want to be famous. I want to be a rock star. I want to, you know, do this or that, but it's not until you actually start traveling down that road that you do discover (laughs) like, okay, I can see that, you know, I, that, that it's, that's maybe that's not what I want, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not to say it's, you know, everybody has a vision for their life. Yep. That's wonderful. Always yep. have the vision, always have the goals, Absolutely. but don't put too much stock in the thing itself, but rather the doing the, yeah. the relationships, the development, because that's where the real payoff is. I mean, Absolutely. going into this business, I had no idea the friendships I would make how much they would mean to me, how much they would mean to, um, you know, my family and just my overall sense of joy and well-being. And, uh, you know, that's been the payoff for me. You know, it doesn't keep me from wanting to do my goals, but but those are the things that I get out of bed for and that keep yeah. me going and that keep me motivated to, you know, try new things, start new projects and and keep, you know, just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you can have, and so when you have that feeling and that joy and that happiness and those relationships, it makes it easier when maybe you didn't get that audition or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that you were going for, for that particular thing didn't quite work out the way you wanted it to. Then you can bounce back and go, you know what, that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep trying, but I'm good. You know, you're not going to want to go home and, you know, close all your blinds and cry under your pillow for, I mean, maybe you do and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a good cry, but yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. and it's a really incredible group of people. I mean, it's a small world, this music world, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we talked about globally, it's a, a big world of music, but I mean, even in that it's pretty small. Yeah. You know, I know. It's... it's incredible. The, the people and the experiences and, their life experiences being pulled into their music and how we bounce that off of each other. And, you know, that's what gets us through the hard stuff. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it's a big lesson too in how we value our relationships, how we nurture them and, you know, how we treat one another because there is, you know, there's always a level of um, competition and there's a, certain degree of like, well, I'm in a highly elite squad of musicians and you're in a lesser than, you know, everybody kind of has that in, in them some, in some way or some fashion. But, but I think it is so important to remember that, you know, everyone in this business has equal value and it's so important how you treat one another, how you show up, how people experience you and not to take yourself or the thing itself so seriously that you damage each, you know, you damage your relationships, you damage each other um, by losing sight of what's really important in the business. And that can squash so many opportunities for you in an instant because- It doesn't matter like if you're global or you're local, news travels fast and people talk and that stuff will follow you around further than you think. Uh, Yeah. Especially nowadays. 
Yeah. We've got a whole cancel culture thing going on and boy, <laughs> the power that that, that has over, mm. over people is kind of terrifying. Yeah. You know, it's intense. It you really know? is. Yeah, I know. In this, in the online space too, because Ooh. a lot of people are building their careers online. Right. And I mean, you know, I have a, a friend who, who did very, very well in the Twitch scene and, you know, uh, built up a, a great, great audience, but, you know, ran into, you know, something similar, like with the, the, the cancel thing, one wrong thing was said and just was like, you know, exploded. And so we, we do, we just have to really take great care with what we do. And, and that, and, and I don't mean being like a people pleaser and like a yes person or mm. nothing like that at all, but it's just, you know, being thoughtful, being real and, and right. taking care of each other, keeping, right. uh, you know, reminding yourself what is important, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to go back and talk about uh, your experience earlier on um, with your friend creating the the tape of like karaoke tracks and like <laughs> yeah. starting your business. Yeah. I love that story because I find that the great, great singers that I have come on this show, there is this common thread amongst them that in, in just early on had this, I don't know, fearlessness, I guess, or like, uh, just, a a boldness, a, I want, I, I hate wearing, using the word naive, naive, naivete or naive, naivete, whatever. Naivete, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that not in a bad way, but just mm -hmm. a, like, you know, a, just like a purity complete, almost. Yeah. An unawareness of, I shouldn't do this. It's kind of like, yeah, I should do this. I'm going to yeah. like, I'm going to put a tape together and I'm going to go, you know, <laughs> take I'm going to go charge a hundred dollars for, to go sing for two hours. <laughs> exactly. It's just, yeah. I, I love that. I love that, um, drive within singers. And I mean, do you find people that you you've networked with that have become very successful, kind of have that in them where they just, they just didn't kind of let stuff happen. And see, that's yeah. the thing is like, I don't have that quality, but I have, a, I'm around a lot of people who do because yeah. I have a lot of great ideas, but not a whole lot of follow through. That's something I'm working on. But, um, so my friend, Tani, she was the one who kind of drove that thing. Mm -hmm. And I just was like along and did whatever I needed to do. I was sort of like the, the backup here and, you know, we put it together, but it was her idea. Her mom got the, she, her mom worked for, um, Remax mm -hmm. <laughs> and we used to pass out flyers like door to door to make extra money. And so at their Christmas party, she got them to hire us. And from there, it just sort of bounced off, bounced off, bounced off. And yeah, I think, you know, when you want it, you go make it happen. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's with a little cassette tape and <laughs> like pieced together, edited, like, you know, from the actual little boom box. Um, and then you go do your thing and <laughs> it was pretty. And, and then from there we went into the, uh, caroling, which was easier because it was acapella. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have to worry about cassette tapes or anything, but we had our little sweatshirts with our little Christmas ensemble, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that's, that's the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I think anybody that's really successful has to have a little bit of that drive in there somewhere. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, it's the idea, but it's the, the consistency 
and the fearlessness and all those, you know, there are a lot of things mixed up that make that kind of car drive, you know, yeah, and go yeah. far. Right. But, having that little like entrepreneurial spark in, in you and, or even just like you said, having the willingness to go along with it, you know, yeah. that, that's a huge piece of it too. Um, yeah. And just that, that willingness to kind of keep going because let me say, I have done so many weird things. I have done so, so many weird, cringy things that I look back on and I think, what was I think? Did I really think that was going to work? You know, <laughs> I'm not sure how I came up with that, but, you know, but, you know, I did the things, embarrassed myself a whole bunch of times, learned a lot of lessons, but you know, so many things are like spun out of those. You just got to keep doing that. Yeah. And you know, I think at the time when you're doing it, you're like, I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, we were like, we're doing it. We were so proud of, you know, I think we each came out of that season with like 200 bucks each, which was a big deal for, mm -hmm. well, you know, I don't know how old we're maybe like 12, 13, mm -hmm. something like that. And, you know, we were so proud of the fact that we got to go to Target and buy little Christmas presents for our moms and our friends and each other. And, you know, it doesn't seem silly when you're doing it because it's like the biggest thing you've done so far. Brilliant at the time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is amazing. <laughs> who, who doesn't want to wear a bonnet and gloves and a big skirt and sing yeah. like a Dickens caroler? I mean, who doesn't want to do that at the Brilliant. time? You're like, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then finally you make it, I make it, I think I make it. And I'm like on a private plane with Joe mm -hmm. Walsh. And then, you know, two weeks later I'm flying coach, <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> isn't life funny. <laughs> it is, but it's just like, it just is like, it's so, it's such a funny little roller coaster and it's mm -hmm. so fun and the adventure of it and the stories you get out of it is the best part. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> are you doing, are you currently touring, touring with him or? Uh, not at the moment. Sure. So off, I mean, I've, off and on since I started with him in 2012, we did quite mm -hmm. a few tours over the years, but uh, since the Eagles are back doing their thing, he's been out doing that. And mm -hmm. so in the meantime, I've just, we've all been doing other stuff, you know, it's the, the particular band that we had and the singers, especially, we have such a tight little family. And so we're constantly like checking in going, when is Joe going to come back out on tour with us? You know, uh -huh. <laughs> we miss each other. You know, it's such a love fest. Um, but, you know, it's it's not time for that. It's time for other things. So everybody's doing other stuff and yeah, you know, making music and and doing their thing. Yes. I'm going to, um, I'll be including your, uh, links in the comment section, which will have your, your website and your Instagram, which is, um, at Leslie page music, anything coming up that you want to mention that you'd like everyone to check out or where, where's the best place for everyone to go to listen? Um, to I, I honestly, at the moment, anything mm -hmm. that's exciting to talk about, I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Sure. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but the, you know, you, you can check out the, the record I did that was released in Japan. If you go to positive force featuring Leslie page, um, I don't even know that there's much available just openly to listen to. Um, I think there might be a couple of songs on YouTube, but you can find some of my stuff on YouTube. This year is really my focus to just record as much as I can and just mm -hmm. put as much music out as I can, because I've really just been hesitating on sharing myself because I didn't want to feel like I was 
oversharing. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that mindset of be humble. Don't, you know, think you're amazing. Don't post a bunch of stuff about yourself is the complete contrary to what we're (laughs) supposed to actually be doing, (laughs) which is sharing our music. So that's kind of the goal this year. So just keep your eyes peeled um, for YouTube, for Instagram is pretty much my main sharing Mm -hmm. platform. And uh, yeah. Great. And where can we find you at your uh, Palm Springs gig? Yeah. So the Palm Springs gig um, is a restaurant called Farm, F-A-R-M. And it's farmpalmsprings.com. It's a reservation only place. They don't have a bar to sit at. That's why I don't really advertise it a whole lot because it's not something that you can just kind of like show up and Mm -hmm. sit and listen. Um, So you'd need a reservation. It's like a really gorgeous five course prefix. Mm. Um, French inspired. It's you feel like you've walked into Provence when you walk back there. It's right in the center of Palm Springs, but it's totally tucked and hidden away. And I just sit in the corner, and the music is looped through the whole restaurant. Even if you're walking by, you can hear me off in the distance. You know, oh, so <laughs> just That's singing awesome. songs. Yeah. Yep, and you can catch it live on. Yes. On occasionally, you know, I, I go live. Or is it Facebook? Uh, typically, I go on Facebook. I'm contemplating switching and just kind of. Mm-hmm. It's sort of at a whim. It's never like a consistent thing. It's like I think I'll go live tonight. You yeah. Know? So just stay posted and stay tuned, and maybe you'll catch me. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, it was so cool chatting with you. I love yeah. learning about um, your musical journey and uh, everything that you have going on, and just you know, you you have so many amazing qualities, and it's so obvious why you know you've done so well as well as you have. Um, but my final question to you to bring things home is what is it that makes you unstoppable? Oh my gosh. Honestly, I'm going to get deep and sappy, but it's God. Yeah. Because I almost died eight years ago. I had Mm -hmm. leukemia, um, but I'm still here. You know, I've, gone through a lot of things and I think music has always been what's kept me going. It's what's given me the outlet to express myself, to have hope, to have, um, uh, to emote and, um, you know, just knowing that we're here for a reason and we've been given these gifts for a reason to share them. Mm -hmm. So if you're still here, you have purpose. Yeah. So I'm still here and I have purpose and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And wherever that takes me, if it's big or small, I'm doing what I've been created to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that answer. God is good. Yep. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, thank you so much, Leslie. This has been awesome. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for sharing with everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.
Thanks so much for joining us.